Hello to all, and all are welcome. All right, let's get back at this. Um, so I was going to make each of these topics tonight, uh, you know, its own, you know, topic, and I was going to set that up uh, for something, you know, to to exist throughout the week. But wow, um, I made a miscalculation somewhere, and. Uh, you know, it uh, really sent me into a frenzy, you know. Um, I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm a self-titled self, uh, type A or self-diagnosed type A. And, uh, you know, to me what type A means is just that uh, I have no, I haven't, I, I don't have too much room for spontaneity or I mean, I can decide to if I want to, but, you know, the decision to be spontaneous is ultimately up to me. But basically, I feel the type A, type B difference is more like who is better equipped for each situation. You know, spontaneous versus, um, uh, I guess, uh, organized and scheduled. Although I'm not saying that people have to choose one or the other, because some people can exist in the middle. But in this sense, you know, just type A, type B, almost to me, it just, it just I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, because I didn't read too much into it. I just, you know, I think I glossed over it a little while ago, and I thought about it, I'm not sure, but this is just the conclusion I come up with. Um, yeah, so Taipei being this very structured type of thing, you know, no room for spontaneous, and if they do commit spontaneous acts, it does cost them to some degree. It does, you know, it does cause uh, some uh, consequence, some heavy consequence. But then the same could be said about, um, I guess, uh, spontaneous, uh, more inclined. I have to look more into this. Um, give me a second. Let me pause it right here. You won't even know I stopped, and then I'll just come right back, and it won't even be like I went anywhere. Okay, so what I learned uh, from, you know, online, just a quick, uh, just, just a quick glance or whatnot, uh, I was wrong, and it was more about less, uh, I guess, uh, spontaneity. I'm not sure. Maybe I can guess I can still tie it in. Uh, based on what I'm about to say, but, you know, type A, you know, it does go hand in hand a little bit with what, what I said. It's described as a very rigid, organized type personality, whereas type B deals with uh, um, uh, more of a enjoyment of life or enjoy the moment type personality. That's what type B, and I guess you can still compare those as being structured and scheduled versus spontaneous, you know because at the end of the day, to be spontaneous, it means to have lower stress. And that is indicative in type B personalities according to this information that I found. And whereas type A are focused on a very specific result, you know, um, and they're unsure if they can acquire that result or not. And if they don't acquire it, sometimes it's, uh, it hurts them a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, it falls short, it, it falls short of their expectations, so to say. So anyway, about these, you know, about this personality, me self-identifying as type A, you know, 
one thing I really want to talk about in this segment of this night talk is, uh, you know, how important organization is. You know, organization is, uh, in a way, it is, uh, it is crucial for type A. Uh, yes, they can be spontaneous, but to lack organization, according to that type A personality type, it's almost to feed something that it is not. You know what I mean? You cannot... You can, you know, a carnivore eats meat to thrive, right? Um, you don't see too many lions grazing on grass, right? Um, versus, um, I do not think there are any cows that eat meat. Um, but of course, anything can eat anything if it so wishes to. But those are just two things you don't see. So... To sustain the cow, you must feed it grass life. And to sustain the lion, you must feed it meat, you know. And that is the way it is. How this uh, point ties into the difference between type A and type B is all boils down to how well you know yourself. And, you know, how well you find out things about yourself. You know, we come across these labels throughout life, you know what I mean? Dealing with MBTI, you know, astrology, your Enneagram, um, things of those nature. They sort of, uh, they tag along with us. They become, you know, to some of us, depending on what the information is and how connected we feel to it, but they become a part of our identity. You know what I mean? You may call yourself uh you know, I'm an Aquarius, I'm a Pisces, I'm a Libra, something along that line, you know what I mean? Or you may say something like, I am an ENFP or an ISTJ or something along that, or my life path number is number seven, you know what I mean? Regardless, the goal is how well do you know yourself, you know what I mean? Will you be a carnivore that unknowingly nurtures itself with grass? You know what I mean? Or will you be in uh, an herbivore that unknowingly nurtures themselves? Or knowingly, because I feel like meat is unavoid. Like, you have to know what you're eating. But anyway, uh, um, a herbivore knowingly nurturing itself with meat. You know? And does either one have to be a more or less negative connotation than the other? Or is it just, you know, this is what the lion eats, and this is what the lion is, and this is what uh, the cow eats, and this is what the cow is. Now, we'll step away from the fact that, you know, this can easily fall into a strength category, or a survival of the fittest category, or who's stronger, who's it, but that's not the case. Because that is almost not how nature works. Nature provides balance. You know, there is enough grass to feed the number of cows. Well, there's supposed to be, or whatnot. But the ecosystem is designed so that, you know, each living thing has access to adequate amount of resources. That is the ecosystem. You know, so to tag along with that, nature is simply about balance. So don't look at these two creatures as a means to say this one is this and this one is that because then you'll start doing that with everything in life. You know what I mean? You want to step away from unnecessary 
you know, comparisons or calculations. With type A and type B, they're simply two different type of personalities according to, you know, the research behind them. Contrasting personalities. You can almost see that in the, um, not so carefully, not so directly, but the tortoise and the hare. You know what I mean? These are two contrasting personalities, not in line with type A, where it's rigid versus uh, free, but more of uh, slow and steady versus quick and irrational, you know, or playful. That is uh, the difference between the tortoise and the hare. And the same thing with uh, type A and type B. Once again, step away from, you know, well, the hare lost, or, but that's not the point. But... Uh, so back to type A and type B, it is a simple difference of who you are. And then from there, with that knowledge, you can move forward a little bit. You know what I mean? Because now you have the, the wisdom to do so. Now back to, you know, my description of, you know, myself and how I identify with type A. It is more of the fact that... Uh, when I do things spontaneous, if I'm not careful, then, you know, I can easily come undone. You know what I mean? Not to say that I am unable to come back from that, but no matter what, it's an interruption. You know what I mean? So I'm speaking from my standpoint of understanding how important timing and scheduling and organization is to myself you know and from there just from the basic description of um, type A it's the same thing you know what I mean type A is seen as this uh, individual who uh, values structure and this is not to be you know I don't you know just because I identify as type A I don't want to be seen as a serious stern individual who is always uh, inflexible and whatnot because that's not what that is it's just you know if i stress how important certain things are you know you know it, it's it's um it's just because it's something that you know i struggle with as far as uh you know wanting to have control of certain things because I, I'm guilty of feeling that my way can be best. You know, and that's something I have to work on or I've been working on for a good portion of my life. You know, this sense of, uh, I guess not, what are, but control over anything that comes into my life because I'm so afraid of not having control. You know what I mean? But, you know, there are consequences in not having control because, um, you know, as much as people may not realize or may not see because of, you know, how I may, you know, present myself, I come from very uh, difficult backgrounds. And my personality today, um, I would say I will owe it to my difficult backgrounds because I didn't believe pain should convert me into this monster or and it shouldn't convert me into this saint. But my early stages of pain just simply opened my eyes a little bit to tell me that this exists also. 
You know what I mean? It, it, it never, I, I never at once felt that any of this information, you know, had that much control over my life. Yes, there were points, you know, actually, let me backtrack that because there were definitely points where I felt weak and I felt like I couldn't continue on, but I pushed through nonetheless. But this, this pain taught me the importance of a lot of things in life. And that, like I said, my personality came from my earlier history. So in a way, you could say that my type A came from the traumas associated with my past. You know what I mean? That, that, that sense of, uh, you know, dread of ever having to return back to that in any shape or form was enough to say, start understanding what it is that you thrive off of. And you know what I mean? Whereas some thrive off of, you know, freedom and moving around, uh, with low stress levels or whatnot, some may thrive off of the opposite. You know what I mean? And to ignore that part of yourself, it is almost uh, a betrayal of oneself. Because to deny yourself to begin with, to deny yourself means to um, not respect oneself. And where then is the will to survive? Unless that is also falsely constructed. Knowing who you are is absolutely important. And so, you know, back to the original point, uh, you know, I touched on uh, one point in particular, and that was organization. And you know, so many people underestimate the importance of organization. You know, an organization can come in many different forms because type B, although their personality may say that it is not for them or it is not of them, they can be disorganized because sometimes chaos is organization. I don't know if you remember the movie Meet the Fockers, but uh, I think Deborah Streisand played the mother and um, he organized her things or someone organized her things and uh, she became flustered I hope I'm getting the correct movie I hope this is the correct movie but um, they organized her things and then she mentioned how she had things in a certain look how it was a certain design to it you know so don't underestimate just because certain things don't look a certain way because someone doesn't fold their clothes a certain way or someone doesn't roll their clothes a certain way or they don't line things a certain way. That does not mean it's disorganized. That just means that it's not to your look. That is where style, that is where individuality, that is where all that comes from. You know what I mean? So back to the main point of organization. The goal is to discuss how organization can add um, richness to your life, you know, a sense of quality and organization. Let's first start by saying, what is it? Well, organization is simply, you know, a gathering of information and uh, sorting it in a way that is easy and efficient for your mind to comprehend. 
that is organization. Organization is saying, I know where to find this information, whether it be inside my mind or outside my mind. I know where to find this information because my organization has led me to that point. If you think of computer science, pointers, you know, it's the same way that organization works. You know, if we are organized, we are able to use the internal pointers that are innate to our um, mental and biological components, then we can move uh, forward easier with efficiency. You know what I mean? Um, and as they say in computer science, less lines of coding, you know. So organization is simply just a sorting, you know, back to what I said, just a sorting of or an ordering of information. You know, for you, it might say this goes under one and this goes under two. And for someone else, they may say this goes under A and this goes under B or this is a dash and this is a bullet point all of that is organized because to them it makes sense in the best way possible and that's organization okay so what do we use it for you know well organization can be used uh, you know simple things such as uh, scheduling you know what I mean we want to know where we are to meet people when to meet people how to put them in calendars, you know, how much time do we want in between, you know, I mean, how much do we have the freedom to work and navigate throughout that day? Is this going to fit in this block of time? You know, that's scheduling. You know, organization can also be seen in sports and athletics. You know, if we deal with soccer, you know what I mean? You have, uh, forgive me, I'm not too knowledgeable about positions, but you may have three forwards, two midfields and three defenders you know with those positions you will uh, uh you can do anything uh, that you feel is necessary that would one increase the time of possession and two bring victory to your side or to your team and uh, you can see that if you pay attention to the soccer game and how they pass the ball and how they navigate that there is an organizational factor so there are many areas in which you can use organization the benefit well you know before we talk about the benefit i really want to touch on why you know what could happen if you don't value organization you know, and these are just, you know, certain things that you can choose to deal with or not. These are not make it, you know, these are not to convince you. Otherwise, these are just to put out simple facts like this exist in this realm. And so the thing about organization, without it, you know, you're, you can find yourself looping around the same spot over and over and over that is what a lack of organization looks like. You know, if there was no organization to the wolf pack, how would they understand who is in command so that it is easier? Because when you're traveling in a pack, if there are five leaders and those leaders are also the same members, who listens to who and who goes in which direction? Therefore, the hunt you know, becomes less efficient, the wolves die from starvation. 
Um, so that is what a lack of organization looks like. You know, it is so detrimental. It is so important that it is seen and, you know, you know, talked about creatures such as wolves. And we know how infamous the title wolf pack is. You know, the wolf period is seen a lot throughout life. You know, even when you used to talk about the male species or the male group, um, cis male, the ones that identify strictly as male, uh, is, you know, hierarchies, alpha, omega, sigma, beta, you know, gamma. There are so many different ways you can organize the male, but that is, that is the category that many of them like to fall under or they talk under. Not even many, but a good number. Um, so the wolf is seen throughout many areas of culture. And if organization can be as important to make, not make it or break it for their species, um, would we agree that it is something we can learn from that? Because without organization in our own lives, can we best the wolf pack? You know, that is a kind of a question you have to ask yourself because that question itself, you know, it is a means of knowing how to survive or what you must do to survive. You know what I mean? So to get to those answers, organization is key. So to talk about some of the benefits, you know, we touched on them by talking about some of the negatives. Uh, getting to or having organization lightens, you know, your workload, so to say. And I want to equate workload as having mental thinking, you know what I mean? Um, kind of, you know, how much emotional energy can you give or have you given? Do you have other obligations? Do you have children? Do you have multiple jobs? You know what I mean? Do you have other stressors that could, you know, affect you? And if you do, how do they fit into your thinking? And what place do they fit? in your thinking. How do you sort this information out? Do you do it alone? Do you do it with a therapist? Maybe you have, you hire someone um, and that is how you sort the information out. But with organization, like, you know, sorting this information out, organization provides a sense of ease of navigation inside your mind. And if you can navigate easily inside your mind, you would be able to navigate, you know, around you, you know, and, you know, just a, a step a little away from that, but still moving in the same direction, I want to, you know, I want to mention that today's podcast was more for me than for your ears. Right now, I mean, I, you know, just recently, you know, like I said, I, I hit a really tough stump and I tripped but I had to roll and I understood the importance of getting up right away. But, you know, it's really tough because sometimes I remember, you know, my past and, you know, we're all capable, but I'm capable of toxicity. I have my own toxic past. 
and unfortunately I have pushed a good number of people away and sometimes you know I find myself getting so emotionally attached to a situation I get rid of it completely you know and so but you know tonight I really you know found myself you know wondering like who do I call who do I talk to and in the past those moments whenever I got to those moments in life those were really tough situations for me you know in the past I was still growing I had not developed the you know thinking and the reasoning that I have today and I suffered you know I or I allowed myself to suffer however you want to see that but here I am today what organization has done for me is that you know What organization has done for me, it has allowed me to really see what I'm capable of to some degree. It's able, it has allowed me to navigate a with a little bit more clarity. You know, I'm able to see things that didn't quite make sense before. In the same way, you can find out what was something, what is something you're struggling with. You know, what is that one thing that you're trying to figure out? These are kind of like questions that are very important. And, you know, to help you with, you know, all areas of understanding within your own life, I would just say, Maybe start with organization. Then you can work on, you know, what about my other titles? You know, what other things are important to me? Now, what makes me a Gemini? What is, how is that important to me? You know, am I an ENTP? What does that mean to me? You know, the ultimate question is, what does me, what does it mean to be me? Ask yourself that. What does it mean to be me? Thank you. Well, I, you know, I actually thought about the last section before this, and that end was all over the place, but, um, I hope you understood it. Please forgive me. Like I said, I mainly did that podcast, you know, for myself. And it worked for me to some degree because, you know, just talking about it allows me to see things just in a better direction. But, you know, I will say that one thing that, you know, kind of has led to this kind of disruption of organization to some degree is sound. And, you know what I mean? I guess you can simply say that, you know, or you can simply ask, you know, why sound? You know what I mean? Maybe you don't even have to ask the question. Maybe you can already guess. But, you know, there are certain things in my earlier life that I have yet to address. 
You know what I mean? And there are, there are so many areas in all of our lives that we have yet to address. You know, there are certain insecurities that we may have. There are certain memories that we refuse to visit. You know, there's just something that we're all working on. And with me, it's just understanding that, you know, not everything is personal. And I think I talked about this in a podcast. And if I didn't, it's still the same message. Not everything is personal. And the reason why I'm touching on that point is because, you know, sound can trigger even the deepest of memories. We see that in a lot of psychological studies of past traumas of, you know, children who were raised in very difficult homes who now have this, you know, quote unquote allergy to sounds, you know, and, you know, I think I first actually learned that sound from my grandfather. You know, he told me that uh, I'm allergic to sounds. Um, nonetheless, you know, it's, 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 it's more thinking less of, or I want you to think less of it being an al- allergy to sounds, more of a, just a reluctance to vi- visit whatever that sound associates with. You know, if there is a terrible memory of that sound, if there's a painful memory, why would you want to go visit it, visit it so freely? You know what I mean? That's the type of thinking that's going through your mind. You're thinking, you know, there's, it serves me no benefit. You know, I can tuck it away if I want. I can do this if I want. You know what I mean? But sometimes you don't realize how much of yourself you're neglecting when you do that. Because that one memory can hold so much of yourself. And left unattended, it can fester. The same thing about fruits you know what I mean if you leave a fruit unattended it turns rotten you know I mentioned sound earlier in the topic but I guess less on it being sound and more about why that sound may be an issue so many of us you know live our days without actually living with intentionality. And I actually learned that from my RA when I was at UCLA, he's an office assistant. And my RA, when I was going through difficult times, she told me, be intentional. And, you know, I don't think I've ever heard that word before she said it, but I started really understanding what that word meant. And, you know, in my research of intentionality, I also came across the words mindfulness and consciousness, you know, because sometimes we, we forget that there are other people here. And sure, you may say, oh, I never forgot. I know that this is my neighbor. I know this is my neighbor. But did you, do you really understand that it is your neighbor? You know what I mean? For instance, um, Are we saying things that could cause distress in the other individual? You know, are we doing things or committing behaviors or actions 
that re may result in something from another individual. And now not to put the blame on the, the person causing the sound, you know, let's talk about the person dealing with the sound. What are you doing to make sure that uh, people understand your stressors? You know, are you speaking about them? Are you figuring out ways to cope with these sounds that are affecting you? You know, so both situations are more about, I guess, consciousness, you know, just being mindful of yourself and living with a sense of intentionality. And intentionality meaning that you know that what you're doing is what you're doing. You're not living in a sense of absence. You know what I mean? Because you would do your best to make sure that your neighbor around you is as well as you are. Correct? And that is more the that that's more the association that I have with sound is more just be mindful of yourself. You know, just be just pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to expressions of people and individuals, you know, who find it difficult maybe to speak about it. Find ways to communicate. You, know, you don't always have to communicate in a typical way if it, if it doesn't make you feel good, but find a way to communicate so that you're not suffering on the inside. So that's that for this section. The next section, you know, we'll just do another upcoming because I really want to highlight these upcoming interviewees. Uh, they're amazing information that they'll share about their experience experiences that you know we can tie into our own lives the first speaker you know had a you know touches um, a part of me you know what i mean or touches on a, a major part of my past uh, whereas the other speakers uh, as well you know all of these you know experiences from all these individuals touches on very important parts of myself you know, and that is what has drawn me to all of them to ask them questions, you know, and find out how they did it, you know, and from there we can learn how we do it too, or how we can do it too. So I'm very excited. Um, one speaker deals with a topic that, you know, a lot of us sometimes are afraid to address, and that is, you know, the absolute pain of heartbreak, you know, dealing with it in entirety, you know, or talking about it, you know what I mean? No one really touches on the heaviness of heartbreak because sometimes it can be a very awkward topic to talk about, or, you know, we don't want to appear weak, you know, if we talk about the pain or whatnot, so we call ourselves heartbreaker or whatnot, but to some degree or to major degrees, you know, heartbreak is a big deal. And Trey Trujillo will talk to us about how he was able to, you know, navigate the stigmas, you know, deal with the stereotypes and negativity coming from all direction 
and he'll be able to tell us how he was able to, you know, deal with heartbreak in the throes of everything that's going on and was able to pick themselves up right away. You know, because we don't have to be confined to a time period. We don't have to tell ourselves that we have to suffer for this long. What we do have to tell ourselves is, you know, it's okay to trust the process. And if you arrive out of the ashes sooner than later, it's good for you. And then you want to move forward from there. So listen to Trey Trujillo as he'll tell us about how he was able to overcome heartbreak. The next speaker um, I met recently, in the recent years, and this person was inspirational from the first day and told me how much they wanted to style and work with clothing and I just thought that was so amazing because I've always considered myself the fashionista. But here this person was with better linen than I could even imagine. You know, patterns that I have yet seen anywhere. A uniqueness for style and aesthetic that I have yet to see on anyone else. And so flawlessly done. What a genius this person is with their art. And their art falls under fashion. Um, Jordan Mickens, or Jay Mickens, will tell us about how he was able to convert his passion and monetize it. Let's hear about his success. Join me. So, Goodbye to all, and may all be well. So that's it for the upcoming. Um, that that's all our interviews for the weekend. I really hope you can tune back in when they are all posted. And uh, I'm excited to hear, or I'm excited for you to listen. So with that, goodbye to all, and may all be well.